This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. You're a turnip head. You're a turnip head. You're a turnip head. Shut up. You know what now? What? We're recording. Turnip head. Yeah. So, all right. Hi, everyone. Double turnip head. Yeah. We're really fucking crabby. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. So, all right. You are going to be listening to this episode in like a, what, 36 hours. Uh, we are at a conference. We're at COPE Central Ohio. Central Ohio. Central because- Ohio Perversion Excursion, which is that's the first time I've said it correctly for years. I've been calling it the Columbus, Ohio Perversion Excursion because it takes place in Columbus. And I looked at COPE and I've never read the actual word because I'm a turnip head. Do you know what? Hey, Ken. You're, always learning. You're a jabroni. Oh, I don't want to be that. Sounds really bad. You are. You're a jabroni. What does that mean? It's a made-up word by the Iron Sheik, and it doesn't really have any... It's somebody who's a jabroni. Okay. That's well, definition. you know what I am? I'm a tired oni because... We have been, we've had, we love Cope. We've had a great time. God but we damn have, lack of slack. Oh, his headphones came unplugged. Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah. We're a fucking mess. Okay. Uh, we're a fucking mess listeners because we've been at Cope and we love Cope. It's one of our favorite events, but man, we worked ourselves. We drove in on Friday. We, um, if you know the site Kink Academy, we are now officially about to be Kink Academy instructors. And if you don't know Kink Academy, it is an online learning portal for everything BDSM. And it's amazing. If you go to bit.ly, bit.ly slash Kink Academy, you can check it out. Of course, I'll have that in the show notes. So we filmed for Kink Academy Friday night. Then we taught on Saturday. We recorded the interview you're about to hear. And today is Saturday still. Then And we taught two classes. Right. I said we taught two classes. <laughs> then we recorded. A, we're a fog on mass. We're a wreck. We're a wreck. And then we recorded more for Kink Academy. And it's now. Oh, and then we had snacks. And a, you had a cigar. And it's now one thirty in the morning. And then on the way home, we're driving home on Sunday. I'm going to edit this entire podcast and get out the show notes while we're in the car. We're going to put on a Ken's hotspot. And you'll have it Monday morning. You know why? Because we are like working ourselves to the bone because we love you. So uh, hi, everyone. That's how much we love you yeah. guys. We also have some great content coming for our Patreon subscribers. Yes, we do. We do. So you'll be hearing that soon. We are at the convention here. We're meeting a lot of fans, uh, a lot of folks that really love the podcast. Uh, and it's interesting because a lot of them are on the inside of all of the secret knowledge that we have on Patreon, especially about our poo stories. Yes, they, they love and our poo poo stories. And, and I don't mean Winnie. No, 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 no. So, hi, everyone. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoinberg, and I'm really fucking tired. I was going to say that I'm Sunny Megatron, and I'm so tired. Half of my words sound drunk, and I'm not drunk at all. So She's actually not, yeah. everybody. When Sunny gets tired, this is this is a secret to the inside of Sunny Megatron. Now, when she gets tired, she gets so loopy, it sounds like she drank 12 beers. You don't, no, hey, listen. No, seriously. Listen to me. She's, Listen to she me. She starts slurring her words when Listen she gets to, tired. You, you don't know me. And she's pretty much you don't know edge. me. Like the, she has a beer when we go to the bar. That's, I do. That's yeah. it. Okay. So I'm not that drunk. Beer. But uh, you're not that drunk. What do you mean you're not drunk at all? You haven't had even a single drop of alcohol. No, I know, but I'm not that drunk. So you don't get what I'm saying because our brains aren't working. So this week, yeah, we recorded our interview this afternoon at Cope. We talked to two. Very highly respected Mummybers in the pink community. So Naya and Grey Dancer, I would like you to know you're now Mummybers. Mummybers of the kink community. Naya and Grey Dancer, they're awesome people. Ken, tell the listeners about Naya and Grey Dancer. Grey Dancer and Naya have been presenting together for the last nine years throughout North America, as well as being featured educators at kinkacademy.com, just like us. They are passionate about rope, leather, power exchange, service, consent practices, adult sex education, and performance, amongst other things. They work on the staff of Ropecraft, which is a national kink event, as well as producing The Gru, an alt-sex open space event. In Madison, Wisconsin. Now, Naya was the founder of the Madison Women of Leather, served as moderator for the Rope Bottoms Group, and worked with LGBTQ Outreach Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Gray produces the Ropecast, available on iTunes, and is currently training in graphic recording and facilitation. His kinky sketch notes are found at patreon.com slash graydancer that's g-r-a-y-d-a-n-c-e-r they both live in madison wisconsin where naya practices hearth witchery and gray tries hard to be a gilf now in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com we'll have links to all of those websites this is a really awesome conversation. We spent a lot of our time talking about issues within the BDSM and rope bondage communities. But, you know, as we were talking about that, the thing that really struck me was most of what we talked about were universal issues that we've all seen pop up in our own communities. And when I say communities, it's like work groups, school groups, I don't know, the gaming community, the yoga community, your theater community, whatever community you belong to, you name it, these issues are the same. And Naya and Grey Dancer have some really innovative ideas about how to best tackle them. So no matter what your community of choice is, you're going to get some amazing insight from this conversation. Now, we said that Naya and Grey Dancer are part of Ropecraft. It's a bondage conference. And the next one is in October in Austin, Texas. And they gave us something pretty cool. You can get $10 off your ticket to Ropecraft if you use the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, when you get your ticket. So we're going to have the link to Ropecraft and all that information in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com as well. Hey, so, hey, Sonny, you know what? I've got a really big clock and you know what time it is? <laughs> I was like, I was like, do you have chocolate for me? Do you have a really big pillow? Because I'm fucking tired. No, I've got candy and you stole some. No. Okay. So here's what happened, everybody. 
<laughs> no, no. All right. So the awesome thing about the COPE conference that we're at is they feed you. So every night at 11 o'clock, there's like uh, little spinach pies and little, you know, fried foods, like little egg rolls, and little chicken sautés. And then they have like steamship round beef that they cut in car feed. It's really awesome. And then downstairs, they have big, huge buckets of like all the, like the best Halloween little mini candies like when you go to the houses where you're like they give the good candies like the candy bar ones not the generic they, shit they actually yeah. all the good it's, it's a like Twix and like the white Hershey's the cookies and cream Hershey all the good stuff the one white and, Hershey's I had that Lily ate yeah she yeah. stole it from me she's you watching us and she's 84 oh Twixes. no 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 okay so then Ken comes in and I'm like look he's like I'm gonna go have a cigar and watch people play in the dungeon and be leisurely and I'm like oh me I'm gonna go work toiling and toiling so I'm up here working and then he comes in and throws like 24 pounds of chocolate Halloween candy sized candies on the bed and And I was was like awesome and I got them I was like oh and I took a candy bath that like I was like it was like I was a rich person with singles only it was all candy that i took a bath a rich in. person wouldn't be swimming oh, in be singles single. they'd yeah. be swimming in hundreds yeah okay so um shows how little money we have if yeah. i make the rich people <laughs> i'm a hundred air <laughs> so and i've he, got hundreds of he dollars plops all this candy on the bed and i was like thanks for bringing your wife some candy too i thought and he was oh, like no that is not what you said that was what all. my mind said and i was well no i was <laughs> like that bitch, is what your mind said bitch where's my candy <laughs> That's closer to what you said <laughs> yeah. in reality. And he's like, no, it's all for me. I didn't get you. But you were fucking with me. Too tired to be fucked with. Sorry. In any kind of way. The candy way. The penis way. The every way. I need to just go to sleep. <laughs> I'm tired. And you know what? The reason she's saying that is that I am such an awesome husband that she assumed correctly that i did bring her the twix that she yeah. so desired and she didn't say thank you she just says where's my candy bitch i did say thank you eventually like eight hours later i'm tired anyway i know what time it is what time it is even though it's bedtime what, what time, time it is, is? What, what time, time it is? is even though it's bedtime it's also I can't remember the words. I'm so it's tired. Big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time for the new members of our Patreon family. You kind of sounded like church. And we honor them and we drink of their blood. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> thank you, Ken. You're welcome. And thanks for joining our family this week, Kevin and Zara. If you'd like to support this show and join our growing Patreon family, head on over to patreon.com slash American Sex. And by becoming a member, you'll get all our episodes early, bonus content and stories from our guests and more. (laughs) I'm looking at my typos. So, yeah, as I mentioned, we're at COPE and we taught not two classes today, but apparently, according to my typing, toe classes, like foot fetish class. No, we didn't teach that. We taught two classes, a prostate massage class and a how to how to blow job how to fucking talk how to give a i had a dick in my mouth because it was a blow job class it was a banana and almost pierced your fucking uvula and it's not a uvula uvula i like to say uvula whatever anyway those are two sex acts i know we mentioned a lot prostate playing blow job not uvula and toes or whatever the fuck else we said gets mean when she's tired i know they're like wow listen to them raw and uncut and bitchy but and by them you mean you shut up 
Uh, those two sex acts, blowjobs and prostate play, are very much enhanced by lube. And our friends at PeepShowToys.com did us a solid and sent a bunch of jars of the Butters All-Natural Personal Lubricant to give to our students in our classes. I tell you, we love PeepShowToys.com. They're a small, independent toy retailer that looks out for other small indie brands like Queer Black-Owned, The Butters, or Funkit Toys, or the new Uberheim Silicone Dildo Company. And oh my God, they just sent me a couple of their products, Peep Show Toys, and they are amazing. Stay tuned for a review because it's going to come. They actually are, and they are very well constructed, and we use them for our blowjob. Yeah, yeah, our blowjob class students. And and one of the cocks actually looks very similar to mine. It's almost exactly the same size and shape. Except for yours isn't purple and sparkly, but. (laughs) How do you know? I don't know. Have you looked today? Well, I'll have to look when we're done. All right. There we go. So, um, Peep Show Toys also if extends... If it is purple and sparkling, I want to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Peep Show Toys also extends their generosity to you listeners. You can always get 10% off your entire order at peepshowtoys.com when you use the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. So, go ahead and use that. Our July giveaway, sponsored by Castle Megastore, is coming to an end in a few days. You can win a Pretty Love Ford silicone clitoral stimulator. To enter, go to sunnymegatron.com slash prettyloveford and keep an eye on our social media for the new giveaway starting on August 1st, too. Don't forget, you also get 20% off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use the code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Okay, Ken, I feel awful like i cannot feel parts of my face i'm so fucking tired so let's roll the interview and hit the hay and then i will be i'll edit on the way home and then we'll get con drop in two days yeah we'll get con drop oh which by the way if you're like con drop what the fuck is that great answer explains the neuroscience behind con drop and what it is so you got to listen to that in this interview so without okay. further ado we're gone great answer and naya yay so I know that every fucking time we do our podcast, we say we're so excited about the current guest, but we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for these two amazing people, the original sex ninja poodle. Is it wait, ninja sex poodle? The original ninja sex poodle and Naya, of course. Because <laughs> you're not the original ninja sex poodle. You are you are not. Uh we have Grey Dancer and Naya on the podcast today, which we're so excited to we had, and we have a lot of interesting stuff that we want to talk to you about. Uh so guys, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is really, really exciting to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled, actually. We'd hardly ever get to see you guys. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and and for the listeners, usually they know that we record a lot of our stuff remotely. We're like, oh, we have someone calling in on the line. This is a really rare occasion that we're actually staring at you. You're three free feet in front of us right Isn't now. Isn't it amazing? It's really cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So I feel proud of myself. I'm tacky enough to actually bring some podcasting equipment and have people and not look really like I don't know what I'm doing. So You, you totally look like you know what you're doing. I mean, you know. Faking it. I, I'm sitting here going, wow, they have microphones and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't have mics. That's uh, that's a step up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you a secret. These are like the cheapest mics on Amazon. They were like twelve ninety five each. Shh, don't tell. I want to sound no, fancy. No, we'll, 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 we'll cut that in post, yeah. So now, prior to this, we had been talking about a lot of stuff that's been going on in the scene. And when we say in the scene, we're talking about the BDSM community. But for those of those of 
you listening, I guess I'm looking at the microphone, for those of you listening um, <laughs> who aren't in the BDSM scene or maybe are, but you're used to like the one region that you're in. Let's say you're from Columbus, Ohio, or you're from LA. Um, when we talk about the scene, it can be really different from place to place, from group to group. So start. Start there. Like, you know, when you when you want to describe the scene to someone who isn't in the know, how would you describe it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just a little question. I know. That's a good is... <laughs> question. What do you think, Naya? <laughs> um, I, I would call the scene just... Uh, so actually, we get in this argument a lot of times online. People say, well, we're not actually a community. We're just a bunch of people that like the same thing. And I'm like, well, look up the definition of community, and you'll see it's a bunch of people with something in common. Um, that, that's what that is. Uh, I think that when I think of the scene, I think of it as you know people who identify as kinky, whatever that may mean. I, I tend to think of that as accessorized sex. Um, and uh, they like to get together and talk about it, do things with it, uh, do it in public spaces with each other, um, or you know, in, in some way, it's a part of their identity. Uh, and sometimes, and sometimes, it's just a hobby, and that's all totally fine. I mean, you know, the, there's a Boy Scout community too, and some people are like they do it full time, and it's everything, and some people do it every Thursday night, and that's all there is to it. So I think. That's what I think of as the scene. It's like there were just a bunch of people who happen to have some kind of a mutual um, identity as kinky, and then there's so many different subgroups that it's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, but there is a uh, there's a lot of conventions, and thanks to the internet, we're more connected than ever and able to talk and get to know each other. And I mean, Naya and I, most of our I don't mean most of it, but a good deal of our relationship was long distance. And we were doing long distance kink for a very long time. Oh, that's amazing! And uh, and you know, people say, "Well, that's not real." That was you were an internet dom. It's like, well, you know, she still had orgasms, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, when I hear the word "scene," I think like nationwide. Like I think everybody, and then I hear the word "community," and I think of local. Mm. So, like Madison would be our local community. So, if I was going to tell somebody about it, if I was going to talk about the community, I would talk about where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually started in DC. So, um, you know, Black Rose back way back when, 10 years ago, um, Dio, that kind of thing was my beginning. Dark and Odyssey. then, yeah, Dark Odyssey. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, uh, and then I moved to Madison. Can you tell us what the Dark Odyssey events are? Uh, Dark Odyssey events are pansexual, crazy, 1,000 people camping events that are really, really fun. They're fucking awesome. Um, it's actually our favorite outdoor event. Yeah. In the United States, especially uh, if you, well, we haven't been to summer camp before. We've only done fusion at this point. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a lot of fun. They're almost as good as Ramble Grew and Ropecraft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. And nice that, plugs. That <laughs> actually brings me to a question. I, I want to ask you both kind of an uncomfortable question that has been, I've been dying. I, I know we talked about, we would, I wasn't going to ask you anything controversial. <laughs> she hands me the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those of you who don't know, Naya is never a leader. Ever, 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 ever. So th- that explains why she just handed this over. So there are so many different sexual subcommunities within BDSM. <laughs> And much like there's sec- or much like there is different subcommunities in people that like food, vegans are the first ones to let you know that they're vegans and they're very stringent about yes. it. And the vegan version of somebody involved in BDSM <laughs> is somebody who does rope, who's a 23-year-old, 23rd level <laughs> ninja master from Japan who had studied oh. and done certain things. Why is there 
this sort of variation with that particular sub-community where we have more identity issues and there's issues with agency and there seems to be more drama involved with it which confuses the hell out of me because it's not like puppies like you you, yeah. you know what i mean you well, go i don't to know i was a judge for a leather puppy contest i mean they have their own little drama too oh, yeah. but there's I butt mean, sniffing it's not yeah well, i mean i mean it, it's it's a, so um actually i, I have, is that a fair I question have, to no, ask totally first is. and foremost it totally is and i i think there's a, there's two separate parts to it so first of all i would say that um in regards to why there's that look at what level and look at how I did this kind of thing is because by the nature of rope in itself, it's a very easily measurable attainment. You know, I can do, I can tie someone's hands together versus I can tie a full body decorative tie versus I can tie a full body decorative tie with their hands together that can then be suspended. And I can do that and then twirl them around and I can do that and take off my shirt and look sexy. And there's these, there's these definite gradations of you can see versions of the skill um, from a very uh, external focus. It's easy to see externally. Now, internally, it's not so easy to see. And it's it's kind of why, I mean, I used to do all the wild and crazy performance stuff. We used to do that mm-hmm. together. Now we are much more focused on the internal experience of things. Um, and part of that is because of age and part of it's because of just inclination. You know, it's just we, we decided to, to change that. Um, so that's why there's that level. It's e- it's easy to say I studied with such and so. Whereas, short of I, I can think of maybe three whip um, teachers, and they they they're good whip people, but they don't like have apprentices. They don't pass on their knowledge to people, which is what you definitely have within the rope community. Is is people that that not only say, well, I studied with Osada Steve, who studied with this person who, you know, there's like a lineage of things that go down. Um, uh, I learned my first TK, Tecate Cote, which is a chest harness. There's more, you know, things. I learned how to tie it from Lookout, who's here this weekend. And Lookout had learned how to tie it from Osada Steve when he went to Japan. So that's my lineage of the TK originally, except then I learned from Odinawa how to do it better. And then I learned the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Akira Naka version. And so, you know, there's that, that kind of thing. So that, that's one part. That's why the levels, inter- I, I will disagree with you that, that it is by its nature, um, the reason why there's the drama, why there's the predilection for things like that, because, Frankly, anybody who is wondering what kind of drama is going on in the rope community in terms mm-hmm. of that just has to look at the Hollywood community, the oh, gamer yeah. convention. Yeah, it, yeah, it, is, yeah. it is a part of a larger problem. And the reason why I think you're seeing it so much in the rope community is not because the rope community is worse. I think it's because the rope community more visible for is, is, is self-examining more. Yeah, oh, we, are pay, we are checking more. And if people that think that it's not happening in their communities are just not paying attention. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that kind of leads into what I'm thinking is, you know, when I look at, um, you know, the alt sex community as a whole, when we all sit down at the lunch table together, we're kind of assholes. Like the poly people are assholes to the swingers, are assholes to the, the BDSM people. So us being non-rope people, are we kind of assholes going, Oh, those rope people? Like, I don't think you're assholes. I just think that. Um, I, I sort of sit back and go, well, when you've, when you've taken as much time to look at your community and the practices and the thing as everyone else has, if then 
as we have in the rope community. If then you still find that there's nothing there, then I'll be impressed. But until I see people taking that much time and paying that much attention and listening to the voices that haven't been heard before as much as the rope community is doing right now, uh, that will then then I'll be impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Naya has something to say about that. <laughs> I just think honestly, I agree with you, but I honestly think we're just being more vocal about it right now, and we're being more like active mm-hmm. and like trying to figure out how to do damage control i was just gonna say this seems like a lot of damage like preventive it's like preventative medicine i think in that it is better self-examining but i have a question for the both of you does some people say that it comes off like they're confused as to can i go to walmart and just tie somebody up and go not well let me rephrase that can i go to walmart and get rope at walmart i'm sorry (laughs) do i have to get do i have to get my rope from twisted monk take 18 different lessons and then i can tie somebody up or can i go to walmart buy rope and tie somebody up immediately uh wow that's uh i mean you can i mean there's youtube videos you can learn that way um i I personally think it's safer to have other people around when you're learning um but you can i you're not going to go by rope go home watch youtube video and be able to tie like kimbaku tie like japanese suspend somebody Again, you can. I wouldn't recommend that necessarily, but um, I mean, I, I mean, it's exactly like any other sexual activity. C- can you just get in bed with another virgin and um, both of you just try and figure stuff out? Absolutely, and things might work out great. Um, are you going to have a possibly better experience, or at least have more options if you? read books, take classes, get sex toys, figure out what your desires are, communicate them effectively, and then experiment a lot, you're probably going to have a better sex life then. <laughs> so yes, you can go to Walmart, buy their rope and and do some stuff. Absolutely. Buy can I tie people up at Walmart? Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I'm just, that was me just you fucking You can, up. sure. <laughs> so uh, one of the other things is like, I want to congratulate the rope community on one really huge thing. I am exactly your age. I'm very similar to you. I'm prior military. We have a lot of stuff in common, but we're old enough, both of us, and we've been in the scene long enough where it was pre-YouTube. And like, there was a lot of things that I had to learn by getting books like Screw the Roses, uh, Give Me the Thorns. I still find it very difficult to find things on like single tail whips and how to use them and the techniques, but you can find stuff on rope. Everywhere, because I think that the one thing that the rope community has done better than everybody else is not just self-examination, but it's disseminating information in a very broad way so that everybody can be involved in this to a certain extent. Uh, what do you guys think about that as far as the dissemination of information? Um, well, first off, I think there was this really great guy who started a podcast like forever <laughs> ago on rope and helped with that a lot. What's that podcast called? Uh, that would be the rope cast. <laughs> Um, I think, yes, I agree with you on that. I think it's been difficult for people who bottomed a rope to necessarily get that information until recently. Um, classes were focused on the people who tie, mm-hmm. um, and tying the rope and not how to, like, how to be your, be centered and focused on your own body and dealing with rope and how to communicate your needs. And how to get what the bottom wants out of a scene, as opposed to just being the person being tied and strung up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the community is definitely getting a lot better on that. Right. Um, Because there just hasn't been that kind of that kind of information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that we we, um, 
it's interesting that a lot of times people try to talk about that as hard and soft skills, which is silly because emotional stuff is really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is, I, I, I never, I, there's a, the best lesson came at a recent, um, a recent large rope event, uh, where someone complained to me that the, there was absolutely nothing there that they could learn from anyone because the only person there that was even remotely advanced at rope tying was tying a rope harness that the person already knew. Um, I'm being very vague here on purpose. Uh, the thing is, is that there were a lot of, for lack of a better word, sorry, what do you call it? Conceptual skills mm-hmm. classes going on about dealing with emotion rope, negotiation, communication with your partner, things like that. Those are all being offered too. This person wasn't interested in any of those. And this person later on, very shortly later on, it turned out had some issues with partners that would have probably benefited from these conceptual yeah, skills. Yeah. So I think that part of the, that, and, and this is kind of going back on what I just said of, I do think part of the problem with the rope community and education is that there's been such a focus on the hard skills, the technical skills, that there's been not enough things on communication, on clear boundaries, respecting boundaries, and also on not looking at things as a a scarcity model. Oh my God, this is the only time I'm going to get to tie you, so I better do all the things and push every oh. boundary possible. Yeah, like a rope amusement yeah, park. Exactly. As, as yeah. opposed to... Oh, hey, you know, we'll tie, we'll do some stuff, we'll figure it out, and then we'll do some more stuff later on. So I'm glad you brought that up because, it, you know, in our prior little bit of the conversation, you had talked about, you know, problems in the rope community. And, and those um, who aren't familiar with the both of you, you are really considered like the community leaders. You have the Rope Craft Conference, you do the grooves, which we're going to talk, you know, more in detail about. So when you talked about like, the problems in the rope community, and there are, you know, similar problems in the, you know, larger community as well. What exactly do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Or just, you know, pick a couple of many, you know. (laughs) Oh, oh boy. Under a bus. (laughs) Oh boy. Tied you under the bus. You will bring Um, it back to rope. That that's a that's a tough one. We, a a lot of what is happening right now is consent based. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, learning how to negotiate and navigate and to apologize, which most people don't honestly understand the art of the apology. Right. Um, and how to negotiate and, and set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that comes from both sides. I'm not saying that bottoms aren't setting boundaries. Tops need to learn to set boundaries too. Right. Um, but I think a lot of it right now is just, is people speaking up about their boundaries. And so we're, we're learning that, uh, that skill, which hasn't been there before. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's not pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hard one and it's not going to be pretty because nothing about that is black and white. Right. And, and I think too, you know, that's something that the greater world is seeing. We're seeing it with like Aziz Ansari and me too. And there, there is, a you know sudden focus on not just consent but the the gray areas and the nuance it's not yeah. it's not cut and dry and people in the king community whether it's rope or the larger community i think there's been this false narrative that we're the utopia and we know about consent and negotiation and we don't have these problems and i think we're realizing we're just like everybody else right, right. now, which Absolutely. is kind of crushing. And it's, it's all, yeah. And a lot of it is about that self reflection. Um, I mean, I, 
I, I don't want to hold myself up as seeing, you know, I, I am not a paragon of virtue and things like that. I have been fortunate enough um, not to have some of some of the more egregious uh, consent things. But in particular, there is a a situation that I had a long time ago, uh, like over a decade ago, um, where all of the the set in place rules of we negotiated this. These were the actions. These were the consequent, the agreed upon punishments for infractions and things like that. Everything was totally within within the realm of things. And um, afterwards, it's like you know, and and our you know, were you able to? Were, did you feel like you could have said your safe word at any time? Yes, I could have. Everything within the boundaries of that was totally consensual by that nature. Mm-hmm. However, within the larger context of things. We were at an event where most of the people there were my friends, uh-huh. not my partners. Most of the, the hotel room was in my name. Uh-huh. I was the person's ride to the hotel. There was a larger context of power and coercion yeah. that I was totally unaware of at the time. And now I look back on them like, wow, even if that person consciously felt like they were able to do their safe word and things like that, subconsciously, was I really being, was I really putting them in a position where they could do that? Was I, you know, and I can't change that. I right. can't. I can't go back and and revise that. The best I can do is learn from it and and you know hope that I don't put Naya in that kind of situation again or something or any any new partner. So I think there needs to be more examination of the larger context, not not trying to stick by the letter of the law, but right. following the spirit of these. You know, am I? Is this coercive? Is this a power? A real power difference that isn't recognized right and i think i think a lot of it might you know or not might i think it does lie in intent you know a lot of people say well i didn't intend to coerce i wasn't trying to and and people need to recognize you know their privilege if you're a leader in the community you have all this power you know maybe you're you're a star so to speak people look up to you (laughs) the the submissives that you're with kind of get like enraptured in that and that affects judgment and consent and that's those are things i think that base level you know 101 operating consent you know people we don't even think of that i think too what you're seeing in the road community is a lot of growing pains the landscape is changing like 10 years ago when i first got into it it was het male rigor het female bottom mm-hmm. That was the dynamic. I could count right. on my one hand the number of female riggers mm. I knew. And off the top of my head right now, I'm thinking Maria Shadow and Midori. And that is what I, that is all I can come up with. And I know there were more. Um, and I think you're seeing the landscape change. More women are tying and topping. Um, and non-binary people, you know, um, the queer scene is, is, is growing in the rope community. And, and so you're seeing everything change. And that I think has a little bit forced the consent issue. Um, because everything had to grow with it. Yeah. yeah. And I think the conversation had to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now y- y'all had a, a conversation. I, I, I heard bits and pieces of this conversation about people seeking leadership roles in the rope community and what like the hidden, I guess, agendas that they that may be serving. So can you expand well, on that? So I personally am convinced that um, gender is not what is causing the Me Too movement, things like that. It is about power. And the fact that cis het males have had most of the power means that most of these actions have been 
in that in that realm. I am glad that we are seeing more power being put in different hands. I am concerned that there is this assumption that, well, now this is in a woman's hands, now this is in a queer person's hands, everything's going to be fixed now. And if the problem is power, which is what the research tends to show, that it's, it's about people, about power, if we don't learn better how to have power, and the reason people look for power, the reason people try to become presenters, try to become rock star performers, try to become uh, munch leaders, a munch is a, a group of people who just meet somewhere to talk about kink, um, and then uh, the event producers, the reason they go for those situations is because those are the roles that we value in the community. And I would like to see more roles. I'd like to see, like, uh, for Ropecraft, we have a guy named Jaffa, who's the Lord of Sawdust. He designed and built um, most of the equipment that we have. And, you know, we really value him. Now, he's not in a position where he would be faced with the, you know, acolytes coming and throwing. So, so he's in less of a position. I'm not saying, you know, there's no way he could ever have a consent violation. It's I'm just saying that it's not that kind of position. But we need to give that kind of value so that the person who is a, you know, I, I, I working on a class about it called uh, uh, counselor, uh, protector, uh, scribe, and... What was the other one? I don't know. I don't know. I, obviously, the class is not very well done. <laughs> but it's trying to find other roles, like a community historian, you know. Um, That's brilliant, so, by someone, the way. Who, someone who does that, you know, and, and finding other roles that are valued and respected in the community that aren't, I have to be a leader, I have to be a presenter, I have to be a, a rock star performer. Because those are the ones that, I mean, even the, the greater community, the person who is in charge has a tendency to, at a certain point, start to feel like they're entitled because they do more work than everybody else a lot of the time, or some of the time, or they think they do. They feel like they're entitled to bend the rules a little, or get a little bit more, or expect a little bit more. Um, and so that's a, that's a problem. Um, and so maybe we need to find these different roles for people within the community and it's not like people aren't already there. People do these things already, but we need to recognize them. We need to recognize the person who sets up the tables at the munch or the person who is able to handle hotel negotiations, you know, masterfully, or the person who is good at, at, at figuring out, um, security, network security. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we have lots of people guarding in the dungeons, but how about the person who guards the data? Of the people who are involved, or he'll make sure that everybody keeps out the fucking Russian trolls. Yeah, whatever. That's whatever so it may important, be, you know. <laughs> these are the people, you know, the the people who are are in that kind of situation. I I feel like there needs to be more roles like that. At the same time, I don't, you know, I, I recognize the need. The last thing I'm going to do is say, and now Great Answer will set up Great Answer's cadre of artisan scribes, <laughs> and now we. Um, I I think it's also important that uh, people like you and me, Ken, um, are are uh, stepping back and being more supportive of people um, who are doing things uh, rather than trying to step to the forefront. I was just going to say like the, the first thing on my mind when I know, but just because I know you and I know what a, you know, kind and generous soul you are. The one thing that I noticed, you know, is that as cis males that are in leadership authorities, we are becoming an endangered species. Not, And I'm not saying that in a martyr way. I'm not saying that, but like we fuck up a lot. We've been in power for a long time. The one thing that I noticed that you and I do that we kind of have in common other than some, some other obvious things is that we listen, we shut the fuck up, and we pass the mic and empathize. We don't need to be the one. And when I say pass the mic, I mean like 
not literally, but figuratively, where we're giving other people an opportunity to have a voice and lift them up to the place where they too can be as a mediocre white man. In <laughs> hey, you know what? We we are way less mediocre white men than the mediocre white men. I think we're pretty good white men. When yeah. <laughs> I, and I think that's important. I think that that people just in in positions of privilege start to recognize that and start to just shut up and listen. Like being told that you're doing something out of a position of privilege might mean you need to check yourself. Right. It's not necessarily a. And we had a gasp. We had an off mic gasp. Um, <laughs> It, 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 it might not be the criticism you think it is, right. and it might be the, you know, you might not be aware of how you're coming across or what you're saying. You might not be aware of the privilege that you've got. Mm-hmm. And, and and someone checking you on it is okay. Yeah. I mean, they have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard for people. It's It's the, you know, especially white men who've been in positions of power in pretty much every situation. Um, it takes a lot to not have that knee jerk reaction of like, you know, you have a position of privilege and it's like, fuck you privilege. I grew up poor. It's like, that's not what, yeah. I'm a self-made man. Exactly. It's like, no, that's not what would just, I I would love to make a bunch of, uh, and I hope somebody out there has the money to do this. Make a little run of pins that, that say STFU. And, and maybe AL, I guess. Um, and, and you give it to non-cis presenters. Uh-huh. Non, non, and, non-cis, non-cis het, whatever, but, um, non, non-cis male presenters. Give it to the pins to them. And the challenge is, is that people who are normally presenters or people who are normally in a position of, of extreme privilege come to their classes and don't say a word. Uh. They just listen. Just listen. And if they can do that, it is so hard. I know. And I mean, I'm suggesting this. I've, I've challenged myself to do it. I challenged myself to do it this morning and I failed. I, I, they, they, at one point they brought up Consent Rocks, which is an organization I was part of, of creating. And I had to sit up there and, and make a comment about it. And I was like, damn it. I just wanted, I, I broke my own rule here. I would not have gotten a pin. It's really hard to do. And it's, and the fact that it's so hard to do is a measure of the, the space that we are used to taking. And I'm going to shut up now because I'm taking the space now. <laughs> it, it's an interesting challenge that I put because I teach a lot of bottoming classes. Right. And, and I let, let, I let doms come to the class. Aww. Aww, I know. <laughs> um, but the thing I say in the beginning is that I, I, one of the things I want is for bottom leaning, submissive leaning people to, start talking more mm-hmm. and start, you know, saying things out loud that they might be scared to. And so if they come, if doms or tops come to my class, what I tell them is you're allowed to be in here. You are not allowed to be a major voice in here. Um, you're not allowed to speak up in an, an intimidating way. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like you're trying to take over the class, I'm a switch. I reserve the right to kick you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my dom knows that and right. is fine with that. And it's, it, you watch them sit there and kind of cringe. Like, wow. did, did, did she just tell me I had to sit here and shut up? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard. And I had one guy actually push a little bit and kept talking. And I looked at him and I'm like, you open your mouth again and you're out. And he kind of went, 
because wow. I don't think he thought I would actually follow through. Yeah, yeah. And and it and it's an interesting it's an interesting experiment. Interesting. You are a secret leader. <laughs> oh, she she is a leader. I was going to say you said yeah. that before, but she actually founded the Madison Women of Leather, which Aww. was an organization that uh, raised some money, short lived, but raised some money and did some good stuff. Um, but yeah, I think a big part of it is you know forming. The big challenge I think is to to form things and provide the support systems that they can exist without you. Hey, psst, did you know? American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash americansex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water that was the best orgasm ever you know as people are listening people who are are in you know the larger bdsm community or rope communities are probably nodding along to everything we're saying or and swearing at me you, yeah yeah um <laughs> and people that aren't i think can relate to this because really any larger community has these problems with power differentials whether you're talking about a group of people at work or a different kind of you know your gamer community or whatever um so now one thing that you have done is to get try to try to change this power differential we see especially when it comes to conferences and big events with your unconferences your GRU. so what are those so the GRU is the fault of Lee Harrington. Okay. Um, Lee Harrington sat down with me one time uh, 11 years ago, I guess, and said, Gray, you really need to have an event with your name on it. And um, I said, well, you're Lee Harrington and you're telling me something, so I have to do it, but I'm too embarrassed to do that. So I created uh, what I called Great Answers Rope-tastic Unconference Extravaganza. Ooh. Um, and it, the short version of that is GRU, so sort of my name in it. Um, and it was, it was originally designed just to be in Madison, Wisconsin, just because I was tired of hearing about all the big events on the coasts and things like that. And I said, let's see if we can make a great event where we just get together and enjoy each other. And we're based on open space principles, which is a time tested Google open space technology and Harrison Owen. And you'll learn all about it. It's, it's a interesting process. It's used in a whole lot of different places. 
it hadn't really been used in the kink community up to that point, to the best of my knowledge. Um, so we tried it out. It worked really well. And uh, I had some people in Michigan who heard about it and said, hey, can you come out and do that here? I'm like, well, it was meant for Madison, but sure, I'll try it out. And then people in Toronto heard about it, and they wanted to try it. And uh, 11 years later and 89 grooves later. Wow. Um, including now the the fourth, fifth Ramble Grew? Fourth Ramble Grew at Ramblewood, same place the Dark Odyssey is, is happening. Um, and uh, so it, it's gone all over North America. It's gone into Europe, uh, six different countries, two continents. Um, but the one thing they all have in common is that I was there facilitating it. And while I love doing that, and I do love, you know, like you say, it, all I do is kind of hold the space and sort of create a space that is... Oh, and the most important thing, you make pancakes. I do make pancakes the next <laughs> oh. day. That's true. Um but the uh, the thing is, is that I was the one facilitating it, and I I have been starting to feel like that was, um, still the cis het white guy taking the stage, and you know, and, and I love performing. Don't get me wrong, I I can I can spiel all day. Here we are. <laughs> um, but I I also kind of wanted to see more people doing their own thing, and uh, so I. Stepped. I, I made the announcement recently that I am not going to do Matt Grews outside of anywhere but Madison. Ah. It's going back to Madison twice a year. Uh, the next one actually is this next weekend. Um, and uh, Grew.space <laughs> is, is the website. <laughs> we'll um, have that in the yeah. show notes for those listening. Uh, and, and they'll be twice a year. So that'll be where the Grews are. But at the same time, um, I want alternative communities to do their own open spaces. Because it is something that can definitely be a grassroots thing. And we've, over 11 years of Grooves, we can provide you with like budget sheets so you can see how to do that. We have experience, uh, if necessary in, in negotiating with hotels. Uh, we've got a, a menu that is cost effective and handles vegans, vegetarians, carnivores, rope people, free rope people. <laughs> You know, you name them, uh, and and it works out really well. And one one trip to Costco, and you're done. Uh, so, so I am I am totally willing to um, train people in mm-hmm. it. And I'm going to plug it again. OpenSpace.coach is the 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 place where I do the the training. Um, so if people want to learn how from that, but they can also just do it themselves. And I I know people who are doing that. Um, there's a Kansas City leather. Um, Kansas City Kink and Leather Unconference, KCKLU, um, that is, is going to be going on. Uh, there's a Baltimore Cigar and Leather Unconference that's going to be happening. Um, so I, I seeing this happen, I'm glad to see that people are forming it themselves and doing it for themselves. And I mean, the event, the Unconference itself is that unlike this conference, which is great, it has great presenters here, mm-hmm. such as you, such as us, mm-hmm. um, and I love I love conferences like this, but it's an opportunity for people to um, express the thing that they're really really interested in. And a lot of times these things end up going into the larger community. Um, a lot of presenters will come to unconferences or grooves to try out material, kind of like a, a I think of a comedian, you know, trying out things in the local uh, club okay. to try it out to get it better to see if it works, see what doesn't work. Um, in particular, Lizard uh, is someone who. At a Gru, I made a joke about uh, nasal passage predicament play. Ooh. And she had some medical training and had a friend who had medical training, and they decided they would try it out. And they started doing nasal passage predicament play. And at the Gru, they did that. And I was like, whoa. And I was at the Rope and Space, which is another unconference type uh-huh. thing, uh, but at uh, Ropecraft. And 
Now it's started to be offered at events and with with some consternation by wow. some people that are questioning whether it should be added. You can say like, that about a lot it of safe? things. safe? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, like I said, it, it's just a place where people can try things out. Um, and every single one, there is somebody who says, well, I'm really interested in uh, cock and ball bondage with coconut rope, but I don't know if anybody else would be interested in it. And, and that's my point to say, well, yeah, you're right. No, but no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, no, I say, I say, I say, look, just put the class, put the session on the board and all you have to do is show up and say, so how about that, that cock and ball bondage and coconut? And every single time, whoever that person is that thinks that no one's going to be interested, there's like anywhere from three to 27 people in their session, everybody going, oh my God, you're into that too? Wow, I never <laughs> knew that. Wow. And that's what that's what unconferences have the advantage over things like this. Because here, if somebody comes here and they're, they just found out about something and they want to explore it, there's not always the, 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 the uh, infrastructure to support that. An unconference can do that. So if I wanted to say, hypothetically, neti pot a bunch of cum, is that something I could do at an unconference? Uh, rather teaching a class on how to pot a bunch of cum. So first of all, yes. Uh, <laughs> and second of all, I, I know someone in particular who has had that experience. <gasps> so do we! And, yes! And, and could actually be a, a good... So now we know two... Probably, yeah. It's probably not the same person. And it's it not. Was, and, and the person was like, I don't know if this has ever been done before. I guess it, it's like rule 34. If so you can think yes. it, it's been done. Yes, I, yeah. I can absolutely. And I, I, I can't out who it was because I, I don't have their permission. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I actually would be sitting here and I'd be like, like, hey, you know, you should talk to this person and they should get the guys with at least two. And absolutely. Uh, nice. and so another another joke that I made was I would say, well, you know, somebody could do a class on wasabi lubesicles. And, and at the Pittsburgh Brew, Rope Boy shows up with these trays. They're the, the novelty trays with the penis-shaped ice. Yeah. And they had made homemade lube with wasabi included. <gasps> And made wasabi lubesicles. And they brought it as a joke to say, ha Well, the joke was on Rope Boy because people were like, yeah, I want to try that. And <laughs> right after when the groove started, people are dropping their trousers, shoving these icicles up each other's asses or up their own asses and talking to each other about it. How does that feel to you? Is it cold? Yeah, it's cold. Oh, now it's burning. You know, it's and, cold, but it's yeah, hot. It's hot. Like, yeah. and, and, and I mean, it was, it was very Do you have a little surreal. ginger? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it yeah. was very, very bizarre on my end. I'm sitting here looking and going, what have... Wow. I paused here. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you you know, it's it's it really is a place that anything can happen. It's a magical place. It's amazing. And I just want to really quickly mention we keep saying here at this conference for listeners listening, we are well listeners not listening. Why are you why do you even have us on? Turn us off if you're not listening. Uh <laughs> You have poor attention span. Um, anyway, uh, what was I even going to say now? Oh, we're at Cope. We're at the Central Perversion, Central Ohio Perversion Excursion Conference. Um, in early 2018, one of our episodes was with Barrick and Sheba. So go back and listen to that one. So that's, that's where we are. I've been fucking it up this whole time. I've been calling it the Columbus, Ohio Perversion <laughs> Excursion. <laughs> I didn't. I've ju- I learned something new today. Thank you, honey. And you learned it from your wife. Yeah, you did. So, all right. If I am going to a group, all right, and is it that like I'm? I'm just I'm a logistics planner, you know, project planner kind of person. How does it work? Is it like we have so many spaces and you sign up to teach in this space, or you know, how the logistics go? All right, I tried to get. I try. I want to be noted. I tried to give the mic to Naya, and she said, "Nope, nope, you talk about this." Um, so the open space method. Uh, uh, 
we we have a quick um, about fifteen minute uh, agenda creation at the beginning. The, the wall is completely empty. Some people do open spaces where they do have slots in there. Uh, mm-hmm. When we do open spaces, it's half hour, hour, hour and a half slots, and you choose how long you think your class is going to be. For grooves in particular, I've kind of been a rebel in the open space world in that I don't have time slots. Things take as long as they need to take or as long as they don't. Sharon B., who's one of the people here, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the organizers here. Yeah, big applause. Uh, She was at the first GRU. Mm -hmm. She proposed, she had never given a class before, never done anything. She proposed a session called Spirituality and Kink. Mm -hmm. How are we going to talk about this? That session lasted five and a half hours. Wow. Because that's how long it needed to go to to, to talk really, and yeah. to be. I, I thought it was four and a half hours. She corrected me actually last night. It was five and a half hours. And um it ended up she ended up becoming a presenter and teaching it all over the that's place really too, which cool. is awesome. But the point is is that there's that and Rope Boy, on the other hand, at San Diego grew, wanted to teach a one handed knot. It uh-huh. took five minutes. We taught the class and she uh, Taught the class, taught us how to do it, and then we're done and we do something else. So things take as long or as short as they need to. That's really and cool. that provides a uh, again the the ability to say, oh, hey, I don't have to fill extra time. Oh, we're done with this conversation. Let's go do something else. And oh shit, I had a whole bunch more I wanted to say, but I can't say it. I don't, I don't have time. Right. So that that kind of um, makes it the, the one thing we have to do is we have to have a closing circle at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We fucked that up, and can I say that? Oh, you can say okay. fuck, 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 okay. fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, we <laughs> fucked that up the very first group because I thought that sounded too hippy dippy for the hardcore uh, people that I was inviting, um, and we didn't have it. And they proceeded to have the worst con drop, the the biggest Aww. depression that they'd ever had. I've still I'm still in touch with a lot of them, and they still say that it's the worst con drop they've ever had. 11 years later. Wow. Know, because, okay. So you have to have the closing circle. It's yeah. like aftercare. Yeah. So Condrop, you mentioned Condrop. And for those who, and Condrop can happen at any kind of convention. It, you know, it could be a marketing convention or, you know, a medical parts, can, whatever it is. Um, so can you really quickly kind of explain what Condrop is? And I took a class with both of y'all and probably, I don't know, three or four years ago where you talked about Condrop and kind of like why we have it and some of the things that happen to the brain. If you just a real quick like boom, that's you. Why do we? Why do we have this like emotional like? Okay. I want to go home and cry. Uh, and- so I have to preface it by saying I am not a medical professional. Right. I just play one on TV. So, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm going to say things that are going to probably horrify medical professionals who are listening. But basically, we spend a whole weekend with a very elevated. Um, endorphins and uh, our amygdala is firing lots of adrenaline, excitement and things like that. Um, like, oh my God, I'm on Ken and Sonny's podcast. <gasps> um, you know, that kind of stuff is going on. It depletes our serotonin levels uh-huh. and things like that. And then, and then we keep going and we keep going and we push it and we use chemicals like caffeine um, and we go through sleep deprivation as well, but we're so excited. It keeps going, keeps going. And then we go back to our normal lives and suddenly there's not that sustained uh-huh. excitement to keep us going. <laughs> But the chemicals are so depleted and we're just down and and it causes depression, you know. Um, even if you do are lucky enough to have somebody to snuggle up with and you have the whole oxytocin thing, mm-hmm. there's there's I mean, you just you Google the dark side of oxytocin. It's it's got some Yeah. Especially if you're in a poly relationship, oxytocin is very much a bonding drug. 
And so feelings of jealousy, feelings of possessiveness really pop in when you're, when you're even, and that's the good side. If you're not having the good side and you just got a whole lot of cortisol, stress hormone mm-hmm. and low serotonin and stuff like that, it causes depression. You feel tired. Everything seems worthless. You can get really depressed. You don't want to do anything. You just kind of sit there and you have this like stare yeah. of like, fuck, you know, what's, why, why yeah. aren't I back in my happy place? And so we all have our own ways of getting through it. Our particular way of getting over um, that is to go and watch a violent action movie that has nothing to do with kink. Cool. Um, I will usually have a cigar and bourbon while she's at my feet and just kind of enjoying each other's company. And oftentimes there is hot fudge sundaes involved as well. Nice, nice. Nice. And chicken wings. Yeah, I when when I took that class and it made me feel so much better because that's a feeling all of us has felt, whether it's like the last day of camp as a little kid, or maybe you're in like a theater production and you know it's your last run and the show's over and everyone's hugging and crying and you go home and feel depressed just to learn like that's not really real. It's your brain. Figure out what'll make your brain feel a little better. It'll pass. Just made me feel so much better because we all go through that with various things in our lives. So I have a question for both of you. I'm a marketer. Um, I come from a marketing background. So I really I like to pay attention to like, you know, what uh, demographic is into that? And what type of people? Blah, 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 blah. When you were talking about the Gru and how it's like real free form, and it's kind of like, you know, no labels, no this, we just kind of it like, totally like a neon sign goes millennials are gonna love this because they don't like labels and they're really like do you find do you see like it appeals to one age group more than the other or no no and actually what i love is watching older people who are very kind of ocd get off my way i need to schedule why how can you possibly and they go in and then they come out and they're like i want to do that every time it's really great we've had a lot of people who've gone in like this can't possibly work this is going to be horrible you need a schedule you can't just let people do whatever they want and then they come out at the end and you know who you are and then they start organizing their own unconferences. Oh, wow. Like their <laughs> lives have changed. Yeah. They're like, uh, every conference should be run like this. Aww. And so that's that's what I always see. I also uh, have been very happy to see um, that it's very easy because they create their own schedule for there to be uh, more of a feminist space, more of a queer space available, uh, which is, again, part of the reason why I'm – stepping back from this because mm-hmm. I love seeing them there. I know that we, you know, we, we've proven that it's a model that can work. Uh, it's time for the cis het presenting white guy to step back from things right? Uh, and not, and not be the one doing the spiel and things. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a place where you can carve out your own niche and for a change, it's not that the voices of the, the, uh, privileged are silenced because mm-hmm. there's still room, right? but there's a wonderful thing called the law of two feet. Uh, okay. Which I call the law of mobility because I had to do that, talk about it once in front of a man with one foot. And you were like, was, oh, now I, I see like, the problem uh-huh, with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get the greater open space community to stop using that term. But uh, yeah. by the way, he was just – he laughed his ass off at me the whole time because he could tell how uncomfortable I was. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the law of mobility says that if you are not benefiting from or contributing to what's going on in front of you, you move somewhere you can. 
And, okay. and no no disrespect right. meant. It just means that – and it's great for presenters because they're like, hey, if you're here, you're engaged. You want to be here. That's, right. a, that's a huge gift to a presenter. And if they leave, the presenter will be like, hey, I just inspired them to go off and do something else. You know, they, nice. Either way, presenters can also do it. You know, I'm not really feeling this. I'm going to go do something else. I'm, I'm done. Right. Um, so the law of mobility, it's also addictive. Uh, it can, <laughs> and sometimes people use it at places that they probably shouldn't. Um, uh, but because of that – it means that there's no longer the the necessity. And if somebody is sitting there bloviating about all of their, this is the one true way to do this particular tie because I'm a rope person and I will tell you the right way to do this. I've seen people start to do that and just their audience just dwindles and they're suddenly standing there looking bewildered because nobody's listening to them anymore. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of, you know, that that's kind of the way it works. So all the way at the other end of the bed here is a random stranger who happens to be my girlfriend. And I wanted to see, as an attendee of many cons, I wanted to see if, yes, I'm totally putting you on the spot non-consensually and forcing you to get on the microphone and ask a question to Grey Dancer and Naya. Now, I want to know if there's something that's boiling in your mind or you actually want to ask them. So hello, random stranger, Lily, my girlfriend. Hello, person holding the microphone to my face and forcing me to ask. Ask a question. I don't. Oh shit. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm supposed to be asking. What, what do you want to ask? Is there any, like right now? You're in a room alone with Grey Dancer and Naya. Is there anything that's a burning question that you wanted to ask them? And it's okay if it's if you don't have one. But I just wanted to see. It's an ask as, us anything. Yes, ask any. Yeah, it is. Uh, AMA. Oh, oh my god! I was not prepared for this. I know. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Hashtag sadist. <laughs> Um, okay. So how would you approach? So let's say, um, there's, uh, let's say, for example, Texas has, um, 18 different poly groups or, um, that all meet in like North Texas or something. Um, but they don't really, they don't really communicate with one another and they're not meeting together. Basically, my question is, how would, what would be a good way to kind of bring everybody together? You know, I know that's a weird way to ask that probably I'm not translating very well, but I don't, I don't know. Am I? I actually think that's a great question. So if there is a, in a local area, if there's a diverse community, how do you bring, or not diverse, but if there's a separated community, a fractured community, how do you heal that and bring it back together? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) Quick 30 seconds, solve all the problems. No, Well, in, in first, world first peace. Of all, first of all, I will say uh, healing starts at home, and if I'm at somebody else's community, it's not our job to heal them. So Ooh. first I'll say that. Uh, we're, we're, we aren't going to fix anything. There's, that's, that's not going to be the thing. Um, at the same time, uh, there's a one of the, the first principle of, the, of any unconference, uh, sorry, of any open space, is whoever shows up are the right people. Um, and uh, in, in the, the one way to, to think of that is in this room, there's enough um, experience and passion and willingness to share to fill an entire day of classes and things like that. That's that's kind of the the way we look at it. But it's also when people are ready to hear it. That's it. It's not our job to fix people. It's not our job to draw them in and and heal them. It is our job to provide a space where if they are ready and they want to come and talk about things. Um, grooves have function. I've, I've been told after the fact that, oh, wow, you know, I was surprised such and so showed up because we've had really rough times with them, but now we're really glad to have that. Um, so it can function as a kind of Switzerland 
um, mm. a place for people because it is a space which is designed to be peer to peer. Um, the it, it, for Gru's at least as an outside force, it was a neutral territory where people could come. Doesn't always work out that way, and I'm not sure that you know if if one of those poly organizations says I'm going to throw an unconference, well, they are taking control in a way. They have a presence of authority that the others might not want to come to. So I think the best bet would be for somebody outside of that community to say, hi, I'm going to facilitate an unconference, and you're all invited. And the crafting of the invitation— Well, oh, that's a great way. It's almost like yeah. passive, organic healing exactly. of the community. Exactly. It's a, here's an opportunity to come and have your voice heard, and then see what happens. Yeah, I just was—that I that was my thought, too, is that I was going to say, like, we couldn't do that at home. Because we live there, we're in that community, uh-huh. so wherever we picked to have the Gru at home would be not neutral territory. Right. So having someone from outside the community come in and do it would then provide the neutral territory, the neutral space. Yeah, that makes a lot of um, sense. Because it wouldn't be a political move to pick any. And that's what happens usually. It's like, well, we want to be the person who holds this or we want to do this and and unfortunately that happens in every community mm-hmm. yeah um and, and i think it just it gets to a point where they they can't see the forest through the trees sort of yeah that came out wrong the forest for the trees mm-hmm. um because they can't they they're just too ingrained in what's happening mm-hmm. and in their own personal space um so having someone come in from outside and hold a space that can be neutral territory is always good because it throws everybody off so random person who just asked a question does that not necessarily answer your question but does it just shed light on an answer that is comfortable for you oh yeah for the most part um naya you kind of touched on it uh, just like the other half of that as well you know and it falls in line with what you were saying gray as far as holding the torch you know um like, why does it, there need to be so many separate things when we're all doing the same thing? Um, is it because we want to feel important or do we have something different and niche or something that we want to offer to these certain, basically, I would like to see all of it come together. You know what I mean? Since it's so close, you know. Well, thank you, random person. You'll be sucking my dick later on. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. I really love this conversation for many, many reasons. Um, one, I think it's healing to, for us in these communities to sit and really talk about them and for, for people in these communities to hear people that are leaders. And I know that, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm trying to, but really. Can, can I tell you something yeah. interesting? Is a real quick fact is that, and I, I wish more event producers would listen to this, and I think they're starting to. Um, if you tell people you can literally do anything you want, like you get to pick what thing you want. Usually two thirds of the cl- of the sessions that are proposed mm-hmm. are talking, are wanting people wanting to talk about these things yeah. because they don't get a chance to do that. You know, you can say, Hey, you can, you can get up there and learn how to fuck 15 different ways from Sunday with a one piece of rope. And they say, no, I want to talk about being in a DS relationship. I want to talk about poly. I want to talk about it. And, and they do that. Um, so, I mean, I, I think there's a master list of all the group classes, all uh-huh. the thousands of group classes that have happened. And if you look at that, most of them are discussion classes. Wow. Yeah. I'm always surprised when people show up to my mental health or my bottoming as an aging person classes and want to talk about it. 
Right. Because that's not, those aren't sexy topics. Yeah. But they're topics that people don't get a chance to be in a large group and talk about and realize that they're not alone. Right. It's, it's therapeutic and, and anyone in, in alt sex communities or whatnot, we know that we, you know, we all thrive on authenticity and realness and being human and knowing that we're not the only vulnerable people out there and there's people just like us and it feels good. So, Again, this conversation has been great and healing for people in the community. And I think for people in other communities, everything that we've talked about can be overlaid on whatever community you're talking about. This is just a microcosm of the rest of the world, which is great. So one last thing for people listening who have been like, you know, I'm really interested in kink. I've been thinking about getting involved in the community and thinking about going to a conference, but holy fuck, there's all these politics I'm hearing about and all that, you know, now that they've heard us talk about all this stuff, what kind of advice would you give to somebody just entering in these communities or going to their first conference? What would you tell them to look for, watch out for, you know, a piece of like, like some sage advice? from uh, uh, the people of wisdom. And, and solve world peace. Yes, and solve world Oh, well, yeah, of course. Um, I, wow, that's hard. So I'm a, a well-known kind of introvert. So my advice is always kind of to manage yourself. Make sure you give yourself breaks. Make sure you give yourself permission to go hide in your hotel room or go leave the site if you have to and get some space and go just try to have fun. Don't set lofty goals of I want to be suspended five times or, you know, I want to be suspended by so and so. Um, and just try to enjoy learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, give yourself a break. Remember to eat occasionally. <laughs> Remember to sleep occasionally. Yeah. You know, water is your friend. Um, but other than that, I don't know that I really have any advice. Um, my advice would be tangentially related to yours. Um, the reason why you can go ahead and spend time in your hotel instead of going to all the classes all the time or trying to play until all the time is because there's always going to be another King Convention. There's yeah. always going to be another place. There's, yeah. You're going to meet these people again and again. And so don't, you know, think about this as an abundant place, not a, oh my God, this is my only chance, um, because it's not. And that will keep you from making some mistakes. And also, uh, and I, I'm not, I, you didn't give me enough time to think of this, but it's sort of like the difference between respect is sexy, entitlement is not. Ooh. And that goes for everybody. I like that. Like respecting everybody and expecting respect from everybody is totally sexy and, and a, a, you'll never go wrong with that. But entitlement, either from you or from other people, is something to watch out for. And I think that's kind of the, the problem, one of the problems we run into. Well, Naya, great answer. This has been awesome. We're, we're happy to just actually be in a room face to face with you, which is pretty damn cool. And thank it you. Is. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for being on the show today. It's been great. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you, Random Stranger. Yeah, thanks, Random Stranger. (laughs) Thank you, Random Stranger. You'll be sucking my balls later this evening. All right. All right. And listeners, um, those of you who aren't listening, you won't know it's time to shut off the podcast. And those of you who are, goodbye and thank you. And anything that we talked about, about the, you know, the the groove space and all that fun stuff, we will have links in our show notes at AmericanSexPodcast.com. And American fuckers, we love you and we'll see you next week. Or, well, we'll listen to you. No, you'll listen to us next week. Something. I don't know. Bye. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.